Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, welcome back to Johnny B Show, 102.5 The Bone Monday Night, baby. Man, another good one, Spike. Look, I'll never question your musical taste. That is, that is perfect. Uh, Spike on the mic helping us out tonight uh, behind the board, doing a great, great job. Thanks, man. Really appreciate you. I'm trying. Man, you're doing a great job. Uh, back at the house is where I'm at, Fat Cave Studio, Val Rico, and back at his crib in the Husky Hut is Big Will Koontz. Thank you for finally learning the name. I appreciate that. I told you once I uh, got that memory hook with the jeans that I wore from Zares as a child, I would never forget Husky ever again. That's <laughs> Perfect. A, that's Terrific. the pants I wore. All right, we have to get into it, folks. It is Monday night, 10 o'clock every Monday. He calls in on the hotline. He is our pal. He's usually in studio. Uh, he is the host of the award-winning Cannon Fire podcast. Rhett Matthews on the line. What's up, bud? I appreciate the introduction, but what's going on, fellas? Happy Victory Monday to everybody. Hell yeah, wow. Victory Monday. We it's been a long good, time, don't it? So I feel like I said that, yeah. It does feel good. And you know what? Uh, the last I looked, it looked like the Saints were pitching a shutout against the Raiders on Monday Night Football. So, you know, maybe that first week, you know, wasn't such a, a letdown when you think about it. We, we, we lost to, you know, a really, really good team. Yeah, I mean, it felt good to see the Bucks beat the Panthers like they should have. You know, yeah. the Saints, like you said, they're a really good team. They're a well-oiled machine. The Panthers are in such a weird headspace right now. They're just, they're not a good team. You know, so we expected the Buccaneers to win that by two scores. And if I remember correctly, did you nail the score 31-17 on your prediction? I don't exactly I remember, but you were pretty I close. It was, either, it was either 31-17 or 31-14, but I'm pretty sure I had 31 for the Bucks score, positive on that. Um, but I, but I also, uh, I think I also predicted a big day from Leonard Fournette. If I, if I'm not mistaken, also, I think I did predict that. Yeah. I, I don't want to brag. I'd like to take the time. I'd like to take the time while I can to formally apologize to Leonard Fournette. Um, I'm not sure what my flight was against him. I just wasn't I the biggest fan in the world. Um, but seeing him produce in red and pewter, well, I guess white and red, because apparently we wear white every week for home, the games now, but, yeah. um, Seeing him produce in a Tampa Bay uniform was definitely something special. He won me over, and uh, I don't want to say that I hope he's our running back one going forward. I think there's still some adjusting to be done there. Still trying to figure out how those three guys can coexist, but seeing him close out that game definitely gave me some hope for further on in the season if Rojo just doesn't turn out the way that we hope. Let me tell you, I'll tell you two reasons why I want him to be the featured back, and I don't care how they – they uh they divvy out the 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 you know the the carries whether you know uh Fournette gets 15 and and you know you know uh Ronald Jones gets uh 10 and Shady gets five I don't care but the the workload needs to be Leonard Fournette's and there's two reasons from yesterday that are prime examples and both of them had to do with hands okay first of all Ronald Jones the fumble with the exchange on the draw from Tom Brady, 100% Ronald Jones' fault. He, for some reason, he tried to take the ball with his elbow instead of, I mean, that's basic 
peewee football knowledge that you keep that 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 right arm high enough to where he can tuck that ball into your chest and you clamp down on it. He threw his elbow out there. I don't know what the hell that was. I watched the replay like 10 times. I'm like, yeah, I, I want to put that on Brady, but it, you know, you could chalk it up to bad communication and a lack of reps, but they, they still hand the ball off a lot in practice. And you know, Ronald Jones should be, he should be, have that simple fundamental down. And then the other reason why Leonard Fournette should get the mother load is Shady McCoy's drop in the end zone. Bruce Arians doesn't forget that kind of stuff. He brought it up today in the press conference. So you can't, I mean, that was such a, he did a great job getting open. It was one of those scramble plays where the route was kind of done. So he was creating on the fly. Tom Brady read, you know, what he was doing and threw that thing into a window about a foot of a window threw that thing to him where you the most perfect pass that where anybody could have caught that and i was like why shady no it was like it broke my and heart the worst, the worst part of it was too was he was waving his arms in the air getting brady to throw the ball to him and yeah. i mean while we're on the topic of drops you know the buccaneers they beat the panthers in decisive fashion but it would have been even more of a shutout had they caught the four drop touchdowns that they had and, I mean, bottom line, they beat the Panthers. That's great. But you cannot do that against good football teams like, for example, the New Orleans Saints. It just can't happen. Right. So, I mean, they definitely still have some things to clean up. But the way that the team played and the way that they convincingly beat a bad team made me feel pretty damn good about things moving forward. Yeah, and we get another – look, I'm not, I don't want to get ahead of myself and sound too cocky, but we, we're getting another cream puff next week. Sorry. But Denver's 0-2, and they look like they should be 0-2. They're making bad mistakes mentally. And their skill level, they, look, they lost their best defensive player, and they lost their starting quarterback yesterday. So we're going to be going up against a, a backup quarterback that's, uh, you know, he's fresh from Florida, Driscoll. I mean, he was great for Florida, but you know who else is great for Florida? All their other quarterbacks that suck in the <laughs> NFL. So I think we get we get another pretty easy task next week with another week of experience with Tom Brady in the offense. And we, we can't neglect to speak about the, the real performers in the last two weeks, the guys that really stepped up and that's the Bucks defense. They're starting to get talked about now on a national level. I was watching the NFL network today and they wouldn't stop talking about the Bucks defense, which makes my heart so happy because it's been how many years since people talk about the Bucks defense. I'll tell you the best part of all of it is just the development that we've seen from that young secondary man. Antoine Winfield is not playing like a rookie. He is oh not. God. He has stepped into that starting safety role, and he's playing his ass off, man. I would say right now, you know, the quote-unquote weakest link of that bunch is Jamel Dean, and he's still a stud. Got some stuff yeah. to clean up, but, I mean, that group, Carlton Davis, man, he has absolutely stepped his game up, developed a ton over the past offseason. And, I mean, he's just getting so much better at playing his receiver. I mean, he shut down Michael Thomas. He shut down DeAndre Hopkins' second half of last year. He's had some good performances. But to see him step it up, start to be a little bit more consistent, and I really like the interception, man. Couldn't have come at a better mm -hmm. time. And Carlton Davis, that's like his second career pick. You know, yeah. so for him to get a little bit more familiar at playing that ball hawk position, I love to see it, and I'm excited for what these guys can do. This defense is definitely very exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, like 
great, great penetration with the linebackers. I've noticed that they're they're starting to send uh, Devin White and Levante on blitzes. And I love the safety blitzes with the rookie. Um, when he starts creeping up to that line of scrimmage, I don't know about you, Rhett. I mean, you're a way younger guy, so you probably don't remember a lot of the games in detail when Rondé played. But that was this, I got that same vibe when Rondé played, and he would start creeping up to the line of scrimmage, and you go, he is about to blitz and get a sack. And I saw Winfield Jr., I saw him kind of creeping up the line of scrimmage, and I went, oh, my God, they're sending him again. And they were. I love how aggressive Todd Bowles is on defense. He does not give two Fs about, you know, leaving somebody open for a half a second to put pressure on the quarterback. He he is balls out. And that reminds me of the heyday when the Bucks defense was so aggressive. I mean, this this defense is actually more aggressive than the Bucks, you know, defense back in the in the early 2000s because they were playing zone a lot and uh, they were trusting their front four, you know, with, that was uh, loaded with, you know, a Hall of Famer and, and other borderline Hall of Famers. But now we have a strong defensive line, strong linebackers, and they're still sending people. I I I didn't look at the stats, but if I had to guess. I'd say we blitz probably on 70% of our defensive plays, if not more. That's definitely a Todd Bowles defense, man. It is exciting to watch. But one of my favorite things about this defense is they're like, somebody else put it in a term that explained it perfectly, but they're like hungry sharks waiting to feed when it comes to playing the football. Like Mm -hmm. something that this defensive unit does a lot better than I've seen any team do in the past few years out of Tampa Bay is they just stop plays from progressing. I mean, I said on the episode of the show today that it wouldn't be Bucks football if it wasn't a little bit uncomfortable. In the third and fourth quarter, they gave up some chunk plays that obviously can't happen. But for the most part, they did a really, really good job at neutralizing every single play. Like, if the ball was caught five yards downfield, that receiver wasn't going anywhere. If it was caught two yards behind the line of scrimmage, they're losing two or three yards on that play. Like, they're very, very good at just getting to the play and shutting things down. And it, it speaks to not only the Todd Bowles defense, but just how fast those guys play. And, again, I'm excited to see it develop this year. Yeah. I mean, they're really not showing much of a weakness now. The question was the secondary. Where they, would they uh, pick up where they left off last year? And it looks like not only did they, uh, did they do that, but they're even a little better. And you're right. It, I think the, the best way to describe it is exciting. It's exciting to think about – uh, the progression and how much better they're going to get. Um, and yeah, we're, I think we're all really stoked now that we have uh, a, a real genuine ball hawk in Winfield Jr. And we got him so young playing at such a mature level to think we got this guy locked in for at least five years, you know, like uh, we could franchise tag him, you know, if we have to at that point. But we got like, I don't even want to say a diamond in the rough. I think everybody knew how good he was. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of scouts had him graded as the best safety in the draft. Like, so I, I don't, he's not a diamond in the rough. He's just a diamond. And we got lucky and got him in the second round. Cause he's playing like a first rounder. He's playing like a possible defensive rookie of the year right now. So uh, happy to have you Winfield jr. Very happy to have you. And <laughs> also Sean Murphy bunting is playing outside of his brain right now too. love that guy. Yeah, he, he's really showing up to be versatile. He's done really, really good in the run support. Pretty much anywhere they play him, he goes in there and he plays some smash mouth football. It's pretty good to see. You talked about Antoine Winfield and how he was, you know, just a really gift in the draft where the Buccaneers got him. I mean, you got to look at the first round pick, too. I know it's first round pick, but Tristan Wirth yeah. is 
the best offensive tackle on this team. And I will say, yeah. the offensive line as a whole, they had a damn good game on Sunday. Brady was not sacked one time. And, Even uh, Donovan Smith. Yeah, Donovan Smith was playing pissed off, and that was good to see. I mean, you saw multiple guys on that offensive line get pancake blocks all night lo- or all day long. It seemed like Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet were just out for blood, man. Maybe they had heard the trash that people were talking on Donovan Smith. He yeah. pulled him aside in the locker room was like, listen, Donnie, you're making me look bad out there. And that made him play pissed off. But I just – I really liked that those guys had stepped it up, especially Donovan Smith, because, you know, there was that one play where – he had gone out with injury. That left knee was bothering him. He limped off the field. He, like, took a knee, right? I thought he was going to miss the rest of the game. Josh Wells right. comes in left tackle at the five-yard loss, blowing up in uh-huh. the backfield. Donovan Smith comes back in, plays the rest of the game. And just to remind everybody once more, Tom Brady was not sacked a single time that game. So, really, really hats off to that offensive line. They stepped it up this week for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they know that they had to after last week. And I think... Donovan Smith, you know, he he's not a stranger to social media. I'm sure he saw the, the the huge backlash and it probably motivated him. And maybe maybe he got a phone call from Tom. Maybe he got a visit from Tom, you know, and Tom, you know, didn't bitch him out, but maybe just gave him some encouragement. Say, hey, look, man, you have a bad day, you know, and he said in the most polite way of uh, you had a bad day, but you, that can never happen again if you want to work on this team because I'll cut you myself, uh, you know. I hope he didn't say it that way, but something happened, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think something else that we've seen out of Tom Brady is uh, someone else brought it up. But it seems like anytime something happened on Sunday and, like, you know, Shady drops a pass, Scotty Miller drops a pass, Gronk drops a pass, like, whatever it was, anytime there was a mistake, they would look over, camera would go to the bench, and Brady would be sitting right next to the guy who just made that mistake. Right. Like, I don't know if you noticed that, but I saw a couple of people on Twitter talking about, I mean, the leadership aspect, you definitely know that he's there to win. And just having a guy that confident and, you know, even when you're up 21 to zero, he's sitting, you sit on the bench telling you what you can do better. It's definitely a good feeling. And um, by the way, since we're on the topic of Tom Brady, yeah, much different stat line for him on Sunday if those drops don't happen, man. I mean, that's a fourth touchdown game that they robbed him of. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Arians actually said that in his presser. He goes, he should have had four touchdowns and 400, 400 yards. Like, and I'm like, yeah, you know, he's right. And that's the thing, too. Like, you look at his stats on the first game, and it was like 100 yards taken away on pass interference penalties. So that affects his stat line, too. They don't go back and give you that. They don't go back and go, all right, they cheated, so we're going to give you that 100 yards that should have been caught. So, yeah, th- that all plays into the stats. So a lot of times... It could be misleading, you know, they go, oh, man, he only threw for 200 yards because he's an old man. You know, like, shut, shut up, okay? First of all, <laughs> shut your stupid mouth. All those talking heads on ESPN just clearly didn't watch the game. I mean, you got Kellerman proving it for the second week in a row that he just didn't watch any of the Tampa game because he is no. tossed out of his ass. And I can't believe those guys get away with it week after week. And they, and they speak on, like, what the stigma that we've had for for years without even looking at like anywhere that there's been improvements or personnel changes, uh, you know, you just hear them go, Oh, the de- the Bucks defense is bad. You know, what are you reading your notes from, you know, when Mike Smith was a defensive coordinator or, or from the first part of last year, like I get like, we have a reputation for that, 
but you need to you need to speak in the now when you're working on a major network or whatever. I mean, for God's sakes, even the Fox broadcast when they pull up like a like a little a little uh, little uh, I guess a, an imagery or whatever of, of Tom Brady on the bottom of the screen, he's wearing a Bucks jersey from last year. I'm like, who are the who are the graphic oh. artists that are putting together the imaging for Fox Sports like? Like we, I started to take a screenshot of it and tweet it out, but I'm like, like I don't want to Karen the Fox sporting team, but it's <laughs> annoying though. It's like Tom Brady has never worn that jersey, you jerk. Like, what a, it's stupid. I don't, it just seems like that a little detail like that. You think they would be better? But you know, whatever. The guy was just like, man, it's the Bucks. They suck. Put a jersey on. I got some clip art in my file here. You know, it's, you know, show some love. Show I mean, some real love. The national media just proves week in and week out that they don't know what happens in Tampa Bay. They will continue to not know what happens in Tampa Bay. Maybe they'll get an idea once they show up in the playoffs this year. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It, you, you just keep your, uh, keep your sources close. I mean, we've got, dude, there is so much good content out there that is fan-driven, like Buccaneer fan-driven. I know people know this already, but there's, dude, there's like 300 bucks podcasts. I'm not even exaggerating. Like there is just way so too much many. that you can go check out. <laughs> and, you know, all the info you could ever need on the Red and Pewter Pirate, it's all there. You just got to kind of look for it. But there's plenty. I'm starting of one tomorrow. I'm starting one tomorrow. It's the uh, it's uh, the Johnny Eats Bucks content podcast. It's just me talking food and bucks. Uh, I'm naming dishes after bucks players. No, it's not happening. Um, let's speak real quick about guys that did things yesterday that they normally don't do that were nice to see, like sacks from people that normally don't get sacks, like Dominican uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh. sacks from a guy who, I hate to say it, but is somewhat notorious for taking some weeks off. He definitely probably played his best game in a Buccaneer uniform on Sunday, and, and that was definitely good to see. Uh, and uh, there was another guy that's uh, also known for, you know, doing very good against the run but not getting sacks, and that is Will Golston. Oh, man. Not only got one, but it was a very sexy one. Like, it was – he ate him up like he was a, like a snack. It was nice. Oh, he was in the backfield instantly on that one. But Will Golston mm -hmm. is absolutely – you know, the unsung hero of that defensive line over the past two years, if it were up to me, I mean, maybe not after the performance that we saw from Indomitka Sue on Sunday, but, you know, if Sue takes games off, man, if, if one, two weeks go by and you really just don't see anything that's going to pop up on film, why not throw Will Golston in there a little bit more often? I mean, you already paid the guy a bunch of money. I know the Bucks paid him as a defensive end and, he just really is not built to be that defensive end pass rusher kind of guy, but he has absolutely had a second wind in this Todd Bowles defense. And I think he more than deserves a little bit better share of the snap count. I mean, I, is he, I like is he not getting, play. is he not getting a, a, a big chunk of the snap count? Cause he's, he's usually listed as a, as a starter in the, in the rotation. So I just assumed he was out there more. He's definitely a rotational guy. I haven't looked at the snap sheet from uh, – I haven't looked at it from this week, but I know last week he was stuck around like 50 or 60% or right around 40, I think, maybe a little bit less. But I, I just I would like to see him more, man. It, it seems like when he's on the field, you know, stuff happens. Like, and, and when he makes plays, like, you know he made the play. When he blows somebody up in the backfield, it's a scene. 
you know? Like, it's not just a pile that happens in the middle of the line and he just kind of grabs him by the legs. I mean, Will Golston is he's breaking through the defensive line with some veracity. So I'd like to see him on the field a little bit more. But on the same breath, if Indomitian Sue can keep his performance up, then, I mean, hell, just play the hot hand. Those guys are playing well anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had the one play where he he uh, completely pushed the center back into Bridgewater and then smacked the ball down in his face, and they tried to say it was a face mask at first, and then they reversed it real quick because he's just so strong. He uh, he grabbed his uh, his chest plate and yanked him down where it looked like he grabbed his head because he's just a monster of a man. So, um, how about yeah. the flea flicker yesterday? Are we talking about that enough? Because I would have never guessed that they had that wrinkle in there. Say again, it, 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 when you said that word, it cut out, and I didn't hear what you said. Oh, the flea flicker. I was like, you know, I don't think we're really – we uh, haven't really talked about – like the media, I haven't even really seen them talk about it, but I haven't seen trickery like that in uh, in, a, in Arian's offense or in Leftwich's offense. And it to me, that just seemed not only surprising – I know Carolina wasn't ready for it because Justin Watson was open by about 30 yards, and – I think Tom Brady was so shocked at how open he was, he underthrew him. And a lot of people are like, oh, see, he doesn't have arm strength. No, I just think he was so open. Tom Brady was like, I don't want to overthrow this pass because he's that open. But uh, I thought the flea <laughs> flicker was uh, – I thought it was a nice surprise. And it also kind of puts the rest of the NFL on notice. Like, these guys aren't afraid to call anything. Like, they're really opening things up for Tom Brady and uh, – and, and and what they can do, it's it's not going to be so predictable anymore. Oh, absolutely! It was it was really fun to see, man. Um, but the thing with Tom is, when you go back and watch it, the only reason he like threw a duck is because he didn't grab the laces all the way. And I don't know if it's just because of how quickly they were thinking to get the ball out, because it's a play that develops, you know, slowly but very quickly at the same time. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think he was just focused on getting it out as fast as he possibly could because he saw Watson so open. But, I mean, he just didn't get a hold of the laces. That's why it was kind of a bad throw. But, I mean, to see it work, you know, to see it get 25-plus yards and go down the field, it's still a positive. And it it was pretty fun seeing some trickery like that pulled out of their sleeve. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I like the fact that they were also very aggressive after turnovers. It seemed like we capitalized on on most of the turnovers that we got from them and – and uh, that's that's winning football. That's old school Bucks winning football. The defense takes the ball away. The offense does uh, just what they're supposed to do. They don't do anything crazy, nothing flashy. You know, we don't have a Randy Moss. Uh, you know, we don't have an Odell on the team. We got just blue collar, you know, great players that, that, that do the job when they need to. And that's what it looked like yesterday. And uh, hopefully, like I said, I hope the momentum that we have uh, goes into Denver and we get another uh, fairly easy uh, team that we can we can get some more reps with before we start facing the Green Bays and the, and the Kansas Cities that will be coming to town. Oh, hell yeah. I think these next two weeks are really important for the Buccaneers building chemistry. You know, you've got a pretty good chance to do it against the beat-up Denver team that you should beat and a Chargers team that right now doesn't know who they're going to start at quarterback come that week. So, you know, they definitely need to get it together. Um, and they're on a good, they're in a good process. It, I don't want it to sound like I'm harping on them. They're doing a really good job. You still got to kind of work out the kinks. Can't be dropping passes. You need your skill players on the jug machine every day for like an hour after practice. I don't care. But um, 
There's one guy I wanted to ask you a question about. I'm very curious to hear your opinion because uh, he just hasn't shown me enough. And I know that there are people out there that agree with me, and I know that there's a reason for it. But uh, what's going on with Gronk, dude? I mean, he he looks like he's 75 years old out there. Um, well, the thing is, he, I, I did watch him a lot yesterday, and he's blocking well. Like, he's not a bad blocker, so he doesn't look old in that regard. I think I think that he is not I don't think he's comfortable with the with the playbook because he only ran one system, you know. So I think maybe he came in maybe a little overconfident like I'm Gronk. I'm fine. I'll be great. And maybe now he's figuring out like okay, I need to get open if I want this ball and I don't think it's a priority. Like uh Bruce Arians said today in the in the Zoom conference he said, you know, we got all these great receivers. You know, we're not trying to force the oh, ball yeah. to the tight ends when we have all these great receivers. He, and and he's, that's just how it is. I'm paraphrasing, but that was basically the, uh, you know, the gist of what he was saying. And he's right. Like, they don't have to force it to Gronk the way New England had to force it to Gronk when they had, you know, when he was their best wide receiver and their tight end. But I think it's going to open up a little bit. I think it's going to – they're going to find – matchups you know to where the tight ends will be featured some weeks a little bit more so look i'm a simple man win the damn game i don't care who gets the ball you know i like to talk about individual performances because you know they deserve the accolades but i just want to win man i don't care if tom brady runs every damn ball in from the one yard line i just want to win hey i'm i'm with you dude but you know just the way that i look at it He's been good blocking. He absolutely has been pretty good blocking. He's helping out on that offensive line. He's been a good chip guy. But I would hate to bring in arguably one of the greatest tight ends of all time, pay him nine and a half mil just to help chip blocks. You know what I mean? I'd love to see him catch some passes. I mean, that throw that Brady had, Gronk was running in the seam. And, I mean, it. you know, Tom couldn't have thrown it any better. It just, you know, he just, I think he got bailed out by a pass interference that play. Like, yeah. Well, it was you know, it was a legit call. Nearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Bucks are also paying him nine and a half, ten million a year to catch that pass. You know what I mean? So I know yeah. that there is an adjustment period. I know he retired for a reason. I know taking a year off of football does a lot to your body. He's still going through an adjustment, and important that you brought up as well. I'm glad he doesn't have to be the tight end one. But if he's going to be mm -hmm. here, I would like to see him and Brady just get a little connection going for old times' sake. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, th I think it's going to happen. I just think right now they're trying to get Brady in tune with the guys he's not played with and, and you know, get him, get him uh, throwing the ball around the field a little bit. And, you know, you, you don't have to worry about Grayson taking up any more of the reps. Uh, so, you know, after he, <laughs> he uh, you know, MLB World Cup headbutted the thing out of bounds. So he he's out of the equation. I don't see that. And then um, – yeah. The announcers were roasting his ass Good. so bad. Like, they yeah. went on for minutes. I mean, I don't remember the guy's name, but he's like, that's what happens when you're a track star and try and play wide receiver in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. they just went in on the poor guy. But, yeah, definitely, I don't think you need to see another pass in the NFL after that one. Yeah, I think it was Mark Slareth was uh, one was a, who said that, and and he, here's the beauty of that. That, that team we had announcing yesterday, that's going to be the worst team we have as far as announcers go, because we're going right back to prime oh, yeah. time soon. And it's just going to be the A-teams. It's just going to be Buck and Aikman and everything else. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, all right, we got to get to...
this Denver game before we get you out of here. Uh, you know, what do you what do you see in that game? Uh, and then we got to make our predictions. Um, similar to the Carolina game, like this is you know this is a game the Bucks kind of have to win. Um, it's a beat up Denver team. At this point, you really just don't have an excuse to go in there and and find a way to lose. Um, and I think that's the only way they come out losing this one is if they find a way to lose and their mistakes catch up with them like we've seen many times in the past. The new year, new Bucks team, we got to see how they develop. But, um, you know, I definitely have them coming in there and just getting the job done. It, it's a beat-up Denver team. They're missing Vaughn Miller. They're missing their starting quarterback, Drew Locke. And they're missing A.J. Bowie in that backfield as well. That's going to open up things for the passing game and Brady having a day. But as long as they go in there and do their job, minimize right. mistakes, just get better and come out with a win, build on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you. And I, I also like the fact that the only real weapon they have is their running game, you know, and that's, that's, you're playing right into our strengths there. So, you know, we're going to dare this Driscoll guy to throw the ball. And now we have defensive backs that are actually in the right position to make plays. So I could see a, a heavy turnover game uh, in the Bucks' favor again. So that's what you want to see. We were we were negative three in the turnover battle against the Saints. Uh, I believe we were uh, four or five and two yesterday, I think. I think we gave the ball away twice and it was a pick and a fumble. But I know we were definitely leading on that one, so it balances out. We're probably, uh, you know, at, at at even on the on the turnover ratio for the year for the first two games. I'll have to go look, but I think we'll definitely uh, it'll swing in our favor against Denver. I don't see Denver winning the turnover battle at all, and that is the the metric uh, that that really shows wins over losses more than anything when you look at turnover ratio the saints one of the best if not they think they were the best last year in the nfl and they went 13 and 3 and a lot of that was because of mistake free football versus uh teams that are making mistakes so i like the bucks in this one too um we'll go ahead and give our predictions before we get out of here will yep uh i'll take uh thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm actually taking a poop uh, right now He's at home. I thought about it. I thought about it. I don't think it, yeah. I was like, you guys don't need me. Um, I'm going to take, uh, I think Brady gets his uh, four touchdown, 400 yard game. And I'm going to say Bucks win big 38, 17. Ooh. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Rhett, what do you got? Uh, I mean, I've got the Bucks winning by multiple scores as well. And this one, I, I look at 31, 14. And I think seven of those 31 points come from a pick six for Mr. Sean Murphy Bunting. Ooh, I like that. Uh, it's funny. I had a similar uh, scenario in my head. I believe we're going to see a pick six from Antoine Winfield Jr. today or, or oh, on yeah. Sunday. And I believe you might also see a scoop and score. I think uh, against his old team, Shaq Barrett's not going to get shut out three weeks in a row. Shaq Barrett will have a good day, one or two sacks with the strip. And uh, would not be shocked if you see uh, Devin White or Levante picking that ball up and running it back for a score. Uh, So I do like one or two defensive touchdowns in this game. I also like a lesser score for them. I don't think they're going to get in the end zone more than once. I think they might get a field goal. So my head wants to say 10 or 13 points for them. And I think Shady McCoy, uh, McCoy, hello, I am Shady McCoy. I think Shady McCoy uh, gets in the end zone as a little retribution for last week. Um, but I do like, 
I like three touchdowns from the backfield. I like one for each. I like a, I like a Fournette, a Rojo, and a McCoy touchdown in this game. And congratulations, Gronkowski gets a touchdown in this game. They will feed him the ball because they know people are tired of seeing him not catch touchdowns, and this will be a team that we could do it with. So uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be uh, – ooh, ooh, Ryan Suckup, by the way. Props to him. We didn't mention him. Perfect on, yes, on uh, yesterday's yeah, game. That, that, yeah. That's all you need, uh, man. If you're not talking about him, then uh, just keep not talking about him. I think uh, he deserves some props, though. Way to go, suck up. Suck up, don't suck. Um, so I yes, think sir. suck up gets he gets some love on Sunday too. I like the Bucks winning this game 45-13 in a beautiful, beautiful, lovely day for us Bucks fans. Damn, hanging 45. I you know what? I mean, anything can happen any given Sunday, but I would just love to see. I, I know you factor in those defensive touchdowns, but I'd love uh-huh. to see this offense humming ready to go in Denver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of that, I think, is uh, the reason why I got the score so high is when I I go over my evaluation uh, as a professional, you know, football uh, uh, analyst. I um I do. <laughs> I do take into consideration that our defense is going to be putting us in great field position. If there's not a turnover, there's going to be some three and outs. And you don't want to give Brady the ball at the 50 or the 40 yard line too many times. You know, so I just think. I think Brady's still pissed off from week one, be honest with you. I think that fire burns longer than one week for Brady. And he I don't think he, he had the day he wanted to have yesterday because of the drops. I think he's still fired up and he still wants to go out and burn people's asses. That's how Brady is. Oh, absolutely. I mean he's gonna be pissed off all year. It's fueling yeah. fire to him. You know, he's right. on that stuff. He's done it year after year. Year I'm after pissed year. off for him. I know we brought it up. I know we brought it up last week, but we know what happens every time Brady starts the season 0 and 1. So uh, this yeah. point, we just got to buckle up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that people uh, talk smack about him in Week One. I told you that was the billboard material he needed. He needed that, or the bulletin board material, whatever, wherever you want to put it, whatever board, cutting board. I don't care. Surfboard. Uh, piss Brady off. It's never a good idea to piss Brady off. You just don't want to do it. So I was happy when uh, the media was just coming out making caca all over him in week one because I knew he was uh, that was going to be the fire that he needed. And and also uh, it, was, it would galvanize the rest of the team, too. So uh, we'll see what happens. I don't want to get overly confident. I know we beat up a horrible team, but we have another horrible team to beat up next week. And uh, hopefully it'll it'll get us moving in the right direction. Uh, Rhett Matthew, tell everybody how they can find you on all the social medias and how they can listen to the Cannon Fire podcast. Yes, sir. So you can listen to the Cannon Fire podcast on any major podcast outlet, or if you're into it, you can watch it with video over there on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, and there's a little bell icon you can click. It will notify you every single time that we drop a new episode. And a new one actually just dropped today with Mr. Trevor Sikama of the Draft Networks. Make sure you what? go check that out as well. Yeah, nice. it's a good show, man. It is a really, really good show. Love Sikama, uh, dude. He's awesome. Yeah. Good job. Oh, he's uh, great. And then you can follow yeah, myself yeah. on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. Wow. Hell yeah, baby. Also, for all you Cannon Fire fans out there, uh, you can follow me at Johnny B Comedy on Twitter, at Johnny B Show on Twitter. Uh, Will is at home underscore made underscore man on everything. And, of course, uh, Instagram and everything, I'm Johnny B Tampa. So uh, I love to have Bucks fans follow me because uh, I pretty much live tweet every single Bucks game. I'm very active and, uh, and very ranty, too. So, 
Usually angry me is funnier me. So uh, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram and everything. Uh, appreciate it. I will follow you guys back, too. If you're Bucks fans, I usually follow you back because I show love. We're all family, us Bucks fans, uh, abused family, and we all we all understand each other's pain, and we're all excited about the future. Uh, Rhett, thanks so much for calling in, dude. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. It's awesome. Hey, See you, man. yeah, let's hang out soon, buddy. Let's watch a game together. Let's go. Oh, hell yeah. Go Bucks, baby. All right, man. Later. Rhett Matthew, everybody. All right. We are way, way over. We got to catch up. Uh, let us take a break. It is Monday night. We do Monday night belt meltdowns. If something has you pissed off, please call in so you can vent live on our show. We'll be right back. So Johnny B show. It's the Johnny B show on 102.5. The bone. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.